All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, November 16th of 2022. Got a 10-game NBA slate coming at you today. Gotta love these big NBA slates. Never know what is gonna happen. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not a member, get joined up with the link in the description below. A lot of awesome DFS conversations happening in there all the time. And if you are just tuning in, have some questions, throw those in the YouTube chat. We will get to everything before the end of the show. I promise you that. So let's get rolling here. Going to get Saber Sim pulled up. And we are going to start off with a question that came in yesterday. There's been a little bit of back and forth on this question. So I told everybody I would get back to this tomorrow. And that is exactly what we are going to do. So Nipsey had a question yesterday. Said, hey, Andrew, is opportunity cost factored into Saber score? Could you use any of the metrics to factor it in? If not, would be great as a weight for lineup sorter. Okay, so what this question is referring to, I'm just going to run some lineups here so we can go post-build, but what Nipsey is referring to is our custom lineup metrics. Nipsey is saying, hey, if there is something that I want to take into account more than SaberScore is already doing or something I want to value higher, I can come in here and I can create a custom metric now. So I go... Uh, to where it says save your score, click the drop down, go over to add metric. And this is a uh, custom lineup metric that you can build with values that are important to you. You can, in the home screen, you can upload custom columns with custom data. If you are on the DFS pro plan, I can come in here and I can add a custom column with any value that is important to me. Maybe it's like, um, dvp or something like that you can upload it in here and then when you upload that value will now be an option in the custom lineup metric it'll show up here and you can incorporate it into your formula however you see fit so really awesome tool there very uh versatile and a lot of things you could do with it so getting back to nipsey's question you know opportunity cost you know when when i think about this and from reading some of the clarification that I've seen going back and forth, you know, if I play X player, what am I giving up if I do not play Y player? And I think it comes down to a conversation really about two things, maybe maybe three. So salary and projection and, uh, you know, projection divided by salary times a thousand is basically value. We have this value column, right? So, you know, there is like, um, you know, what, what am I giving up and how much value are these players? So it's really like salary projection value is like kind of what Nipsey is getting at in, in my opinion. And Nipsey can kind of tell me if I am wrong there or not, but you know, if I were to, uh, wait my lineups and say, you know, what am I sacrificing by playing Jason Tatum and not playing Giannis in this instance. And we can see like right off the bat, that they have just about the same projection. Jason Tatum slightly higher projected, but all, like 1,200 salary lower. So to me, it makes a lot of sense why Jason Tatum is showing up more in these lineups than Giannis is because he is a better 
point per dollar play. And we could see that under the value column. So, you know, what you are talking about, this opportunity cost is indeed factored into the builder and, and Sabre score for that matter. It understands like how to balance salary and projection, but it is not just a traditional optimizer solving for a mean projection. We are also solving for uh, upside and using upside in your lineups, upside correlation. We're uh, randomly sampling the Sims and pulling groups of Sims. So the, what the player might score in the group of Sims that we pull is probably not this value. They probably never score exactly 54.23. It is a summation. It is something to kind of uh, represent an, an average of their outcomes. So, you know, what what I could say, Dimsey, is that like from, from my understanding and, and the way that I understand your question is that, you know, this is being factored into the builder and we understand how to move players around and fit in better plays based on salary, based on projected, based on projection, especially in a sport like NBA that is so well projected. Um, I think if you wanted to do something where you used uh, these values more specifically, you could create a metric and maybe, you know, you could use some combination of my projection, you know, maybe you weight value really high um, salary. I think that, you know, the more you weight value, the more you are weighting those better point per dollar plays, which is, um, you know, kind of goes along with like the opportunity cost theme. So let me know if you have any more questions on that, Nipsey. Try to do my best, kind of going off of the conversation between you and uh, Matt in the uh, Discord. So let me know if there's any follow-up, but I think that kind of encompasses the point there. I wanted to make sure I got back to you. I, I took it back to the team and, and asked Matt his opinion, and that's why he jumped in. So let me know if there's any follow-up there, but we are going to keep it moving here. Got a question from Larson here, and get this in the chat. Larson said, uh, when I run optimal cash lineups, I like to see 20 lineups to see what players are highest in the pool. Why would I have over 50% of the optimal lineups have a QB that doesn't show up in my top 20 lineups in cash? Same thing happened at running back and flex. So Larson sent in some screenshots, which I'm not going to be able to show everybody, but basically um, the highest exposed pool quarterback was not in Larson's top 20 and instead the second and third uh, highest pool exposed quarterbacks made up the two quarterbacks in Larson's top 20 and a similar situation for uh, the running back position. So, so what I'll say Larson, and you know, I asked you a question and, and you responded to me. Thank you. I asked you, you know, how many cash lineups are you running? And you said you're running a pool of 400. So, what I will say is that um, it really comes down to like a knapsack problem. So when we are building at cash settings, we are running with correlation, ownership, faith, sim diversity off. In this instance, we are using the my projected my projection column and trying to just pack in as many points as possible. Um, first off, I think that you know even if you're building for like a 150 max. Um, cash like a cash tournament we're only building up to 300 lineups so I, I i think that 400 is probably too many 
if if I were like trying to do what you're doing, saying, you know, I want to run cash lineups to see who the most highly exposed players are, I, I personally would do that at the 20 max and just look at a pool size of 40. Most people are not going that far into like down the projection uh projected lineup like list. If we had if I had a list of lineups with a projection. I am not get going all the way down to 300 probably. Like you'll see people who play cash, they will run a train of 150 lineups with like some with like one of their high their their best lineup and they're just trying to get as much action as they can with that one specific lineup that grades out so well based on whatever projection source they're using, using their own projections, whatever it may be. So I think that trying to look at your top uh, 400 and, and taking, taking like the entire pool. I, I actually would not look at the entire pool. If I was looking at a cash build, I would look at the top lineups. I want to see who is coming up most often at the top of that list. So I think that building a pool of 40 and just looking at the 20 and taking that away is will probably do you more good than looking at the entire pool, especially if you're opening up the pool to something like 400 because just nobody's getting down to that 400th cash lineup. So I think that if, and and I, I don't have your specific build up in front of me, but I bet if you were to filter by like Russell Wilson that, you know, you would probably have to go pretty far down in your pool to find a to see where that rank where where the first lineup where he pops up is so if you're you know looking at your top 20 you see that there's a specific player that is in your pool that is not coming up often as often and i'm i'm doing this for basketball and i'm trying to see if i can find an example which i can't but um you know if you're seeing somebody just like you know in your pool a bunch but not in your top 20 you can go over here and hit this magnifying glass and then you can filter to see at what rank lineup does this person show up. And you could see like how far down your cash pool you have to go to get your first lineup with that person. So, you know, the answer is like the other plays, those second and third quarterbacks, the Mahomes and the Jackson ones just fit so much better when you're trying to pack in those projected points. Not to say Russell Wilson was a bad play in that instance, but um, the other plays are just better in a cash setting. I think that, you know, I wouldn't draw too many conclusions from a cash build and take it over to a GPP build. I think if you're looking to do something like that, I would much rather run like a 0010 build. And this is taking single SIM optimals. When you are running cash, you are using the projected score, which is the average from all the SIMs in our database uh, to create this projection number. So if you are looking for like optimals, I would run a 0010 at 10 SIM diversity. We are randomly sampling one SIM from every single game on the slate and using the outcomes in those randomly sampled group of SIMs to build your lineups. And we are discounting correlation, discounting ownership fade. By using only one SIM, the player only gets one score in that SIM. And then we are building the optimal lineup based on that. So if I were doing this, this that is exactly how I would do it. I would much rather run a 0010 
and take that into a GPP, draw conclusions based on that, as opposed to running a 000 cash build and drawing conclusions off of that. The two just aren't the same. And I, I think that um, you could do more harm than good with taking cash exposures and trying to applying them to GPPs as opposed to taking uh, single SIM optimals and then applying that to GPPs. I think that is a much better uh, approach. But let me know if you have any follow-up there, Lars. I'm happy to talk about it more. Okay. Going to keep moving here. Got a question from Syrup Ninja. And Syrup Ninja said... What's the explain like on five of leverage? I know it's exposure minus ownership, but what are some situations where we might want higher or lower leverage scores? Okay, good question. So I think that the number one thing to remember with leverage is that this kind of shows you how high risk your portfolio is. And I'm open to, you know, discuss that with uh with anybody but you know it's basically saying like hey you know christian wood is going to be approximately five percent owned at this point in the day um but we have you know 85 percent of him so this this leverage is 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 really high you have a lot more of him than the field is projected to have and i i'm i'm pretty sure this will change because luca just got ruled out so you know i bet that dallas ends up being a big value spot for the night, which it looks like probably our projections have updated, but maybe not our ownership at this point. But, um, you know, I, I would look at leverage and I would say, you know, am I okay assuming this much risk for each of these pieces in my, that, that make up my lineup portfolio? Because chances are like, if Christian Wood has a bad game, he's in 17 of your 20 lineups. Like the ship is probably going down with Christian Wood if 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 he does bad. So I think that you should look at leverage and say, you know, at, like leverage is basically your outliers, right? It's your outliers on the high side. And then if you inversely sort by leverage, it's also your outliers on the low side. This is going to be the guys that you have little exposure to compared to their ownership. And, you know, you have to say like, hey, you know, a quarter of the field is going to have is going to roster Caleb Martin. You know, you might do some research, you know, maybe somebody high profile on Miami is out. I don't know. I haven't looked yet, but um, you know, on, on the flip side, you have to say, you know, am I okay? Like having none of these players in, in, and having like, you know, this much negative leverage or do I want to, you know, have some exposure to these players. So I think that, Leverage really kind of is for controlling the very, very top and the very, very bottom of your uh, player pool of your exposures and kind of doing some trimming and seeing and like doing some risk management, doing some risk management on the bottom side and doing some risk management on the top side and coming up with exposure values that you are comfortable with, regardless of how the slate plays out. So when it comes to leverage, I think that that is mostly what you are doing is um, managing a risk, trying to come up with a lineup portfolio that you are comfortable comfortable taking into your contest with you that you are not going to be kicking yourself at the end of the night, no matter uh, if it goes if it goes good or bad. So those are my thoughts on leverage. I think it is a good 
visualization of how risky your lineup set is. All right. Uh, I missed one question here. Going to scroll back up and get this one from PMC762. PMC762 said, when you set min uniques post build, does the builder maintain that setting during late swap? Very good question. At the time, it does not. So previously, min uniques was an input to a build. And it, we used to have a box for it in the build screen, uh, like right over here next to max exposure. And we didn't like the way that that was working. So we moved it post build as more of a lineup filter in order to get min uniques in late swap, we would have to convert it back to an input, which we did not like. So this is a, uh, you know, nuance that we are trying to work through. I will say that, you know, in the case of late swap, you are rebuilding every lineup one single time. So the chances that all of your lineups are built with the same exact players are really, really low. Um, and, it is something that we do want to deliver on. So it is like firmly in our roadmap to figure out a way to bring min uniques into late swap. So stay tuned for more news on that. I would say that, you know, don't be afraid to late swap because if you lose min uniques or, or like that ability to control it, I think capitalizing on late swap news continues to outweigh min uniques post build like like post slate lock so capitalizing on news is the best thing you can do um you know it is a problem that we are uh working on fixing and stay tuned for more details can't spoil anything that is coming quite yet so gonna be gonna be some exciting stuff coming down the line though i'll tell you that everybody all right uh got a question here from joe baby blue and joe baby blue said Something I've noticed and maybe you can expand on when I make player adjustments to exposures in step one, the final lineups in the build will not be the top 20, 50, 150 Sabre score lineups, lower Sabre scores making that final lineup set. I didn't notice that in the past, though it would be Sabre scores ranked one through 50. And when I made adjustments in step three, then it would go outside that top 150. Okay. So I think this is a bug. There is a bug right now where sometimes you can sort a lineup and then you can come back to it and the value and, and the ranks get out of order. This is a great example. I don't know what I did right here, but um, we could see that my top lineup with no exposures and no min unique adjustments is ranked 394. And then the rank is 46 and then 302. So this is a bug. All you have to do to get rid of this bug is go and sort by another lineup metric and then come back to the one you want to sort by. That will re-sort uh, the lineups correctly by the builder and show the correct values. Now I am seeing a standard one, two, three, four, five here. So if anybody runs into that bug, it is something we are aware of and working on fixing. All you have to do is just change your sorting method and then switch back to whatever sorting method you want, be it percentiles, be it a custom metric. As long as you swap off and then swap back on it will resort the lineups accordingly so sorry about that joe baby blue um but uh happy to deliver that workaround for you in the meantime we are working on it all right looks like i got a follow-up here from nipsey happy to uh touch on this uh nipsey said thank you andrew so are the weights in the sorter based on a value of one 
or do the totals of the metric, for example, have to equal a 100? Can you clarify? Okay, very good question. So, so it it can you can you can build it however you want. So if you want to say like, hey, I want to build something where I am um, valuing my projection sum, and I want to do that with ownership. So we're just going to say ownership sum rank ascending. And in, in this instance, I could right now they're equal in the formula. I could make my projection worth three times as much. So three times my projection plus some ownership, I could make them sum up to one where I can, I can do it this way where I can say, you know, value my projection at uh, zero, 0.75 and my weight at 0.25 if I want to sum this up to one I can I can do it up to 100 if I want like you can do this any way you want there is not a wrong or right way to do it just uh, understand what you are putting into the builder that way the whatever it spits out in the my metric makes sense to you so there there are a lot of ways to do it you can do it to one you can do it to 10 you can do it to 100 you can do it, you know, by like uh, three times as much, five times as much. So that is how the weights work. And that is how they are applied to the formulas. All right. Uh, another question right here from Joe, maybe blue. And Joe said something that I feel really changed my thinking was on the live cast. When you guys were talking about Saber Sim Pro, uh, one of the people on the cast talked about not taking a stand more often given that a big win is so few and far between each season it makes sense if you're not hitting big with conventional plays step up and put your chips in the middle on certain plays that can be slate winning can you expand or give us your take on his comments okay so um I almost feel like I talked about this because because this is something that uh, I have said a couple of times on the show, but but I feel like Joe Joe might know if it was me or not. So 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 th- I'll, I'll give my take on it. I don't remember exactly um, who spoke on this and and what the context was. If anyone is looking for for a um, little backstory on this, I believe Joe is talking about the episode of. Um, of behind the Sims episode 18 where Andy and Matt came on and, and we did a deep dive into uh mini uniques and, and the pro plan. So if anyone is looking for that video, if you go over to our YouTube channel and go over to the behind the Sims playlist, it is right here behind the Sims episode 18, building a strong DFS process with Saber Sim was a really good time chatting with Andy and Matt, uh, two very smart individuals. And I really enjoyed having them on. So looking forward to having them on again in the future, but getting back to Joe's question here, um, I'm going to give my take on this. So, you know, it all comes down to, you know, you got to bink at, at some point, right? Like binking just because the, the payouts are exponential and multiply as you go up. It is, um, you know, like the, like in the, in the flagship, for instance, First place is usually like 100,000 and then second place could be like 25,000 and then it just drops. By the time you get to like 10th place, you're at like 1,000. So like you really want to, you know, hopefully have some good variance and get that top finish outcome to get that payout. So, So as far as like taking a stand, right? I think that 
what this kind of comes down to is like the contest selection research that we did with um, Eric, one of our data scientists, and him and Jordan talked about it on a different episode of Behind the Sims. But basically, a player with a expect if we if we assume a player is a winning player and wins uh, on average like puts twice as many lineups in the top one percent as a uh, normal player and has a positive expected ROI over time, even a player of that caliber, you are only going to have about six, I believe it's six to eight winning days in a calendar month. If you're playing a sport every single day, like MLB, like NBA this time of year. So that's not a lot of days where you are expected to win, but on the days you win, like the goal is to really capitalize on those days and get like really, really strong payouts that um, kind of cover your losses and more and profit for that entire like month or season, whatever, whatever it may be. Right. So the, the thinking it to me is that, you know, I'm expecting, I'm going to lose most days, whether I, whether I take a stand or not. So why not take a stand and why, why not, uh, you know, plant my flag somewhere where if I am right, I can be really right and kind of capitalize and hopefully capitalize, give my, give myself more chances to do that. And I think that, you know, it is a little bit of a risky strategy. I tend to dial back the amount of bankroll that I play when I do take those stands. Sometimes I look at a slate and I have no takes and like, that's okay. I think that you should come up with a way that you feel comfortable evaluating a slate. So I have like a process where like I evaluate the slate and sometimes I come to conclusions where I want to get more uh, leverage to certain plays. Sometimes I'm like, no, I don't see anything special. I'm going to trust SaberSim and I will play more kind of balanced. I, I take it on the slate by slate approach, but I think that it is totally okay to take stands with, with the expectations like, well, you know, I'm I'm expected to lose most days, so I might as well, you know, if if I'm like feeling a lot of conviction about a certain play, and I just think that this play is such a good play and being undervalued by the field or or whatnot, I think it's totally okay to plant your flag. And then, you know, nothing is worse than saying like, "Man, I knew I should have done that. Why why didn't I trust my instincts and trust my gut?" And, you know, you're kind of kicking yourself. I think it's, I think it's better to do the opposite where you take the stand and you say, well, it didn't work out. You know, that one's definitely on me. And then you can kind of evaluate your own takes from that point. So I think it's like, I mean, for me, it's always better to, to say, well, you know, I was wrong rather than like, wow, what could have been. So that, that's just how, that's just how I like to play. But um, it does tend to be, you know, a little more risky if you take like really big stands. So I would balance that kind of approach with um, playing like on the smaller side of the 2.5 to 5% of your bankroll every night. So those are just my thoughts, food for thought for everybody. Uh, happy to talk about it. Really interesting uh, conversation in uh, most of the time. So uh, good question. Good question there, Joe Baby Blue. But all right, that is our last question in the Discord. We are going to hop over to YouTube chat. If anybody has any more questions that they want to get answered on today's show, 
Get them in the chat now, and I will circle back to them once we get through this first round of questions. So first question came in from John Watson. John said, can you go over the different options when it comes to using the bulk entries? I played several 20 max, 25 cent competitions with 20 different lineups. I have the basic Saberson plan. I also played some cash games, and I saw I could change the settings based on what type of game I was playing. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to talk about um, the building lineup screen, and then I'm also going to talk about the entry editor. So we will talk about both of these things, but uh, to just start off. So when you come into SaberSim and you are deciding how to build, so we have a um, contest selection framework, which you can find on our YouTube channel, and we call it the DFS Profit Plan. So if you come over to our YouTube, you go over to our YouTube channel and right on the home screen, it says new here, start here first. We have the start winning more with our DFS profit plan. Uh, you know, the, the too long didn't read of it is that, oh wait, I'm sorry. I didn't show it. So just, just showing this, uh, you know, if you go over to our YouTube channel and you come, you scroll down new here, start here first, start winning more with our DFS profit plan right here. And the, the too long didn't read of it is that we basically split up our 20 max and 150 maxes and build those lineups together and call them diversifiers. And then we take our single entries and three max contests, build those together and call those elevators. So that is what um, I like to do. That is what I recommend everybody does. So you can look at the contest that you have and maybe you're playing, you know, like you said, a 20. So, so come in here, click the style. If you're playing GPP or cash, you know, if you're playing a GPP, you're playing a 20 max and the, um, I don't know if the quarter jukebox has over 50,000 or maybe 10 to 50,000, but come in here and select your contest settings that you want to build based on. And this is what you would use for your diversifiers. And then you can determine how many how many lineups that you want to play uniquely. Maybe you only want to play 20. So that's fine. So I set in my guidelines for like what contests I want to build for. And then I'm going to hit build. So once I build and then once I am, you know, I make my exposure adjustments. I, I do my risk management. I find the lineup portfolio that I am comfortable playing with, you know, maybe I adjust some min uniques, etc. And then I'm ready to go. I come up here, I hit the save button. And then I go over to this fill entries tab, I'm going to get a uh, contest file in here just so we can talk about this and demo this in real time. So give me one second while I get this in here. And boom, we got our entries in. Okay, perfect. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to select the 220 matches that I have right here. And what I'm going to do or I think I should have 3. Okay, the 320 matches right here. So I have 3 contests where I have 20 entries. I can fill this a couple different ways. I could fill if I have 20 lineups and I use rank, that means the top 20 are going to go into all 3 of these. So that means that every contest will have the same 20 lineups. You can also change your number of lineups. Maybe you want, you know, you have 60 entries. Maybe you want a unique entry into every contest, which is what we recommend. I change this to 60. I make my adjustments. I hit save. 
I go over to fill. Now what I can do, I can do unique rank, which is going to put the top 20 into this top contest. And then the next 20, so like 21 through 40, and then 41 through 60 will go into this bottom one. Maybe I want to rearrange them so I can grab them and I can drag them and, and resort them. It's going to do it descending. So whatever contest is at the top, it's going to get the first 20 and then the next one and then the next one. Third option, I can use unique random. It's going to put any 20 into from, it's going to go, you know, one through 60. I got 60 lineups and then put a random 20 into the top, random 20 into the next one, random 20 into the next one, only using each lineup one time still, since we still have 60 lineups. So it will use every lineup at least once before duplicating. So if this was like 50, it would make sure that it used 50 lineups and then only duplicated 10 of them. And the duplicated ones would not be in the same contest. So that is how to select your contest settings. And this is a demo of how to use the different unique uh, unique uh, fill methods. And then just, just to be clear, if I have this at 60 and I use rank, it will put the top 20 into this one, the top 20 into this one, and the top 20 into the third contest still. It will treat every contest differently and only use the top uh, top lineups for however many entries are available. So just a little demo for you there. Let me know if you have any more questions, but good question. All right. Dimitri just said, can you go over the review mode for NBA? I watched the video and I'm still in need of some help. Okay. So let's go back to yesterday's slate. And I am going to go back to a build that I ran yesterday on stream. And we are going to go into review mode. So with review mode, I don't think that there is that much difference between using review mode and with like with review mode toggled on or off. The big thing about review mode is that you have the ability to come in here and look at actuals. We pull in the actual scores that the players scored in their contests the day after. So for any slate that has passed, you can come in here and you can look at your entire lineup set and see how they scored. You can sort them by different metrics. You know, maybe I want to come in here and I want to grab the lineup set that I had yesterday or maybe not. That was for my review mode one. And I want to see, you know, I want to sort by actuals. So I can come in here, I can sort by actual score. So this lineup scored three, the, my top lineup in this 500 set from yesterday at 1130 had a score of 328.3 points. I can look at the Sabre score. I can look at what the projected score was. I can look at what the salary was. I could look at the percentiles. You know, we have all of these uh, lineup details and then you can kind of scroll through here. You can see, you know, what lineups kind of came in at, at the top. I mean, I would be exercise caution from like drawing too many conclusions after like one day, a couple days, you know, you could, you could do this over like a long, a long sample and it, it still might not be long enough, but I think like the biggest thing for review, for review mode is that one, you can come in here and look at the actuals Two, you can sort by different uh, sort methods to see what the lineups that you had would uh, would look like in whether when you started moving them around. So I think that, you know, if you were to use review mode, those are probably some things that I would do. Look at what lineups got the actuals and then, you know, mess around 
it's a, it's a good opportunity to mess around with some custom metrics. You know, maybe you apply custom metrics for um, slates that have passed and see how those affect the lineups that are kind of coming to the top. And then you can also, you know, see like what kind of uh, saber scores are popping up when you're using those custom metrics. So uh, review mode, not something I use too often. If I were to use it, those are some things that I would be thinking about. So let me know if you have any more questions there, uh, Demetrius. All right. Joe or Tenzi asked, is there any way to set a max lineup exposure percent? So if I am in a build and I want to cap the number of lineups that such player is in, maybe I don't want to see any player more than 50%. You just have to handle it on a player by player basis. I would just take some of like the top projected plays and set them all to 50 and then hit this apply button. And then now you probably shouldn't get any more players above 50%. In this case, looking at 150 lineups in a 500 pool, not that many lineups. If I were to drop this down to 20 lineups, I would be able to get that. So got to handle it on like a player by player basis. I believe actually that you should be able to come in here set a global max exposure. Maybe you don't want anyone above 75%. You can put that as a input to everybody in your lineup in that build screen, rather than having to go through every individual player and do it. So we just tried it. Let's see what these outputs come out to, but I'm pretty sure it should work. So, all right. So, yep. So Hartenstein 74.7, that is under the 75. It looks like it applied a 75 max exposure to every single player in the pool. So if you are looking for like a global way to do that in the build screen, this max exposure should work accordingly to accomplish the goal that you are looking for. All right. Aaron said, how do you feel about using 50th percentile in the fan dual nickel? Maybe trying to cash more lineups as a bank role builder. Okay. I think this is like kind of interesting, actually, Aaron, just because uh first place pays out so little in the in the piggy bank. This is what we're talking about, you know, the 150 max five cent contest that FanDuel runs. Um, you know, I believe that first place it, it's a let's see, twelve thousand prize pool. So 1% is 1200 So this is paying about, I'm sorry, 10% is 1200 So this is paying about 5% to first. I, I think it's an interesting theory to like play more cash lineups. And I think that, you know, one, this contest usually overlays. I've, I've seen that a lot. It's anecdotal. But uh, the, the FanDuel piggy bank tends to overlay. And as well that, there are probably so many bad con bad lineups in this contest that, you know, just with like the overlay plus like the soft opponents that you could probably get by playing cashier lineups. Um, what, what I would say is that, you know, if, if you think that's an angle, I don't think there's anything wrong with giving it a shot at the end of the day, it is still a GPP and, you know, it's going to be pretty hard to like win first place playing like a cashier lineup. I mean, if you look at like the payout structure, uh, if you come in 101st place, you get $1. But 
but if you come in first place, you get six hundred dollars. So you know, it's like, yeah, you might you might cash like at an extremely high rate, but I think that it's still going to be like such a grind to build your bankroll. I think that you're still better off playing to try and win the GPP and knowing that the contest will overlay, knowing that there are soft opponents with really bad negative EV lineups that I think that still playing in like a GPP type way that you're still going to be profitable in the long term, um, you know, with, with like a decent process. So I think it's interesting. I still don't think cashing more lineups outweighs winning, a winning a contest, but interesting theory. And, uh, you know, I'm open to having my mind changed on, on some things like that. All right. Dimitri said, what's the name of the video for the custom lineup metric? Okay. So I did a demo on this. We're going to have some more content coming out in regards to custom lineup metrics. So stay tuned for, for that there. I am, I did a very, very small demonstration on this. Uh, I believe last week and, um, just talking about like, basically like the most basic version of it. Uh, Demetrius, I am not able to find it at the moment, but um, I will I will look for it and I can call it out at the start of tomorrow's show. So um, 11, 17, Thursday, uh, custom lineup demo i'll i'll find the timestamp and uh show you what video and where that is at on stream tomorrow so i will get back to you on that one demetrius we are going to keep it rolling here looks like we just have a handful of questions left here um so gonna knock these out aaron said that's why i don't adjust exposures ll gonna uh uh, from 100 to 75 is like silly. I rather lock AI or XL. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I feel like, you know, Xing out is like a pretty, um, pretty aggressive strategy, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a risky, risky business at the end of the day. And it's, it's okay to be wrong. You're going to be wrong more than you are right. And, you know, hopefully just when you're right, you can definitely capitalize on those times. All right. HC said, hi, Andrew, how many min uniques are too many? For example, three or 20 max. Thanks. Okay. Good question. So I am going to shoot this number down to 20 lineups. I got a pool of 500. Really? The question comes down to what matters more to you and does, does exposure, does high exposure to some of the best plays matter to you more or does diversification matter to you more? Do, do you want to treat every lineup in the pool as viable or do you want to favor higher saber score lineups or whatever lineup sorting metric you are using? Do you want to value that more? So those are the questions that you have to ask yourself. If you are saying like, Hey, Nope, I don't care about um, the exposures. I just want to get as diverse as I possibly can. Then I would crank this number up until you basically can't can't do it anymore and i would i would keep increasing it um you know at five min uniques out of nine players i'm only at lineup 120 i think that's awesome you know if i want to keep going six i get to 300 i bet you i can't get seven yeah okay at seven i can only find 10 lineups 
right here that um, meet the min exposure criteria. So I would have to dial this back. And then I would say, you know, am I okay playing lineup 298, 292, 258? And like, that's a question you have to ask for yourself. If you're okay with these exposures and you're okay with these lineups, you can always spot check like some of the lower lineups in your pool. Totally okay. Maybe you're saying like, no, you know, I want some more exposure to some of the better plays. You dial this back up and try and get to more of these good plays. So those are kind of, that's how I would think about it. Those are the questions you have to answer for yourself. There is no wrong or right answer with min uniques. It is a tool to allow for more diversification. It is up to you to determine how much diversification is the right amount for you, your process, your risk tolerance, et cetera. So that's how I would think about it, HC. All right. Joseph said, I know how to do individual player exposures. I was asking about full lineup exposures. Like if I wanted lineups that had 130% or lower total ownership, is there a way to do that? Or do I have to just sort by total ownership and select them manually? Ah, okay. Sorry, Joseph. My bad on that one. So, okay. We're going to start at ground zero. So if you have min and max ownerships that you want the build to stay between or abide to, I would come in here and I would add a aggregate rule. This is a rule where you could say my ownership sum at least, and then I don't know, maybe we say like at least a hundred, save that rule. Then you come and say a second rule, aggregate my own sum, no more than, I don't know, 180. And then now you know that every lineup in your pool will be within these boundaries. This is how you set it pre-build. And if you wanted to do something like that, Post build, um, there's not a good way to do that at the moment. I would just come in and sort by ownership like you were talking about and um, either like trash the lineups you don't want or um, yeah, you would, have to, you would have to come in here and like trash the lineups that you don't want to find the range where you want to get to. I could say that, you know, um, the team is always like working on these type of things and trying to make uh, post build filtering easier. So hopefully more tools to come there down the road. But if I were to do it at the moment, you could either sort by ownership or set those as build inputs prior to the build. If that is what you know, you want to play. All right. That gets us through YouTube chat. Got one more question from Nipsey in the discord. And if there are no more questions after that, we will wrap for today. Nipsey said is a slate evaluation tool in the works. So, I, I can, I, I will say no, um, not, not that I'm aware of, not that it's not on the roadmap, but it is not in the immediate future. I, I would say that, you know, an awesome free resource is results DB. It is a roto grinders tool, but it is free to use. You can go in there and you can select, uh, they do it for DraftKings because DraftKings has uh, CSV data. And they offer uh, details for different type of contests. And you can go in there. You can see anybody's lineups. If you want to go in there and look at Max Steinberg's lineups on NFL Sunday, if you want to go and look at Giant Squid's lineups in the Millie Maker and see what these kind of guys are playing at, like, the highest level, you know, you can go in and do that. So, you know, if you're looking for, like, any type of slate uh, research tool, I think ResultsDB is a free, good-to-use tool that uh, can can help and they offer for multiple sports. But uh, that being said, everybody, that was our last question. Really good conversations today. 
I feel like a lot of good questions came in and you guys are always really close to stumping me and making me go back to the team. So we will be right back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern for our Thursday show. Until then, good luck in your contests and see you later.